Hi Purnima ma'am Dr Purnima um my name is Nadia I am from zenonco.io and love heals cancer We at Zen Onco are so honored to have you with us on today's knowledge sharing session and to introduce Zen Onco and Love Heals Cancer we guide cancer patients in their treatment journey with an integrative oncological treatment approach and today's session is going to be all about spreading awareness and educating cancer patients for that we have Dr Purnima here with us and let me take this opportunity to introduce her Dr Purnima ma'am is an occupational therapist and she has completed her studies at University of Alabama and has a graduate certificate in low vision rehabilitation. She's also done her bachelor's degree in occupational therapy from the University of Bombay. Uh ma'am has a certified driving rehab she's a certified driving rehab specialist and at the same time in her experience she has co-developed the the hospital uh, by driving rehabilitation program to meeting the entire hospital she is working in which was first at hog hospital and now she is working in providence hospital providence healthcare services for over 9 years ma'am it is a pleasure to have you with us today thank you so much for taking the time out from your busy schedule and taking the time out to talk to us and share your knowledge and i'm pretty sure all our viewers are going to be you know their queries are going to be answered a lot of queries to be answered right ma'am over to you thank you nadia i want to thank dimple also um who has been my contact source Uh, so thank you for inviting me to share what I'm very passionate about. Just a little clarification. Um, I started working first at Providence Little Company of Mary Saint Pedro Hospital, and that's yeah. where I launched the driving rehabilitation program. And then, of course, I I started at Hope Hospital. We are all one family, so um, that's all Providence uh, hospitals. And also, I just wanted to. um emphasize here that my focus has been on helping clients all i mean the last 28 years i've focused on acquired brain injury rehabilitation when what it means is any condition um it can be due to trauma stroke or brain tumors or you know aneurysms different conditions can cause brain injury and that is a big umbrella of having it's an acquired brain injury so um just clarifying that part that would be uh, you know so people can understand that that's where my focus has been for the last 28 years now um uh, what i do is you know um we we help people to get rehabilitation at different levels whether it is in acute setting acute rehab setting home, i mean outpatient setting or home and community reentry programs So um that's where I, my experience has been in at different levels. Yes ma'am that's so good to know. As an occupational therapist we you are one of a kind for us because we've never had occupational therapists on our webinar session so we are really looking forward to the session. I am I know that because so many things that I have not heard of. Yes ma'am. Can we move into the Q&A session ma'am? Sure. Definitely. Right. Right. So I'm going with my first question here ma'am. What is the role of an occupational therapist in treating a cancer patient and how by the word rehabilitation 
can they define it? Yeah, so let me say a little bit about what a rehabilitation is. It is a care that can help you to get back, um, keep or improve abilities that you, are, that you need for your daily life. You know, um, it can be physical, it can be cognitive, it can be mental or emotional well-being. So that is the rehabilitation umbrella. And as a, an occupational therapist, you know, we are one of the kind of a profession um, we are the only profession that we help people um, across the life scan, lifespan. What I mean is, you know, from birth to geriatric population or older age population, we across, I mean, across the lifespan, we help them to do what they want to do through the therapeutic activities of daily living. You know, that means, you know, for daily life, to live their, to live their life to their fullest. Um, you know, for daily activities, that means, you know, we need to get up, uh, go to the bathroom. We need to brush our teeth. We need to take showers. We need to go to work. We need to cook, clean. I mean, all the roles that we, I mean, we do during our daily life, you know, we help that through adaptations, I mean, adapting the environment or adapting the tasks that we can help these people achieve their independence as close as possible. That's what is occupational therapy. Right, ma'am. And when you, when you talk about occupational therapy with respect to rehabilitation, how would you, what would be your comments on those, ma'am? Um, you know, when, um, let me say, you know, when a person comes to a rehabilitation center, what we do is, you know, there is, I mean, we always, I mean, I work right now in an outpatient setting, so I can, specify a little bit more but you know it can be at an inpatient level or an outpatient level so i what i do is you know we get the doctor's orders about you know getting an occupational therapy assessment and when the person comes to us we are looking um we are asking questions about it's like an interview process with them getting to know them what their life looks like what they need to do for their daily living and what they are not able to do and then we can, you know, um, modify that task for the environment, bridging that gap to help these people achieve functional independence, whether it is in the home, in the community, school, college, university, whatever setting it could be, you know, how we can bridge that gap and help them achieve functional independence. I mean, it can be driving. It can be because of the low vision, they are not able to function well, or if they're having falls at home. And many a times, you know, providing education, just you know that not to the patient, but also to the family members or the caregivers, whoever is involved with that patient's care, you know, even helping um, build their confidence, you know, emotionally, we can help them to, you know, come up. You know, many people, you know, after experiencing any trauma, whether it is an emotional trauma or a brain injury trauma, or even cancer is a traumatic event, you know, and uh, adjusting to that, we help them to gain that confidence and help them emotionally to adapt to their situations. Wow. Thank it, you. It, it, it must be so, as, as a counselor as well, it must be so fulfilling to finally see working with patients that they could not do and finally seeing them do those everyday abilities and yes. activities. Yes, you know, we as an occupational therapist, we have a holistic approach. Yes. You know, it's just not looking at the arm or the leg or the eyes or it's a holistic approach. And we help uh, people 
in different ways and you know we can help them achieve their independence so the holistic approach helps and you know it makes an impact on their quality of life and it helps them to gain a lot more uh, confidence in their you know even in their relationship you know it can be intimacy or you know different conditions can be helped with our interventions beautiful ma'am beautiful coming to neurological conditions ma'am how would one as an occupational therapist uh, deal with patients with neurological conditions yeah so you know uh, all these years i have worked uh, with neurological conditions uh, you know patients come to us with different diagnoses it can be a stroke brain injury it can be parkinsons or it can be uh, a surgical you know resection of the brain tumors and i've seen a lot of patients uh, having brain tumors removed or resection and then you know they need uh, some kind of a therapy intervention it's a physical you know when if it is an acute rehab setting then you know it is an intensive form multidisciplinary approach uh, for getting this patient independent as close as possible so they get 3 hours of therapy i know you have that question for me ahead but i just want to recap here is that you know depends on what kind of uh, interventions they need whether um they need at a subacute level if the patient cannot handle 3 hours of therapy then we do provide that um sub at the subacute level you know up to the patient's level of tolerance uh if the patients are coming to acute rehab they are given the, they are given 3 hours of intense therapy that means you know they get physical therapy occupational therapy speech therapy and again it's a multidisciplinary approach there's a physician a rehab physician who is the director of that program and then we have um psychologist a case manager and then of course a dietitian it's it's a team approach that is it's a patient centered you know the goal is to get the patient is in the center and we all help this patient in different areas always a team effort ma'am always a team effort yes, together absolutely. we can absolutely together absolutely yeah so you know going back to your question with the neurological you know um as an occupational therapy we look at this patient you know are they able to get up and do what they need to do for their daily living it starts with you know getting up getting going to the bathroom going to be able to take showers brush their teeth self feeding and then you know we also look as the patients are getting better you know can they move uh, on their own can they walk on their own to where they need to do and then you know at the higher level you know when i did uh, i did like 12 years of home and community reentry program at that level the patients would be like can i go back to work can i get back to driving can i do things that i used to do prior to all this events so that's you know on the higher level we can get the patients back there wow amazing so many things that i did not know there yeah yes. um coming to chemo brain ma'am it is a cognitive impairment caused due to cancer treatment i know yes. just that much but when you talk about chemo brain how must the patient cope how are the coping mechanisms that the patient needs to know when it comes to chemo brain and the effects that chemo brain has on the patient could you please elaborate for us ma'am 
Sure. Um, you know, a chemo brain, you know, depends again, you know, depends on the intensity. You know, if these patients have received just the chemo or uh, along with the chemo, they have received radiation. So the symptoms can vary from person to person. So helping, um, you know, there, there's a lot of talk around, you know, difficulty with concentration. That is the attention. In our therapy terms, we talk about the attention, which is the foundation skill. You know, um, we, we help people to develop that attention. They experience some kind of a, like a fogginess in their brain. You know, they are not able to um, focus and they're not able to remember sometimes things. They are not able to problem solve. So there are different levels of cognition, uh, cognitive skills that are affected. Now, you know, what is cognition? Just giving a little um, blurb on that. So cognition is refers to a thinking skills. Anything we need to do to remember things, pay attention, you know, how our judgment is, how, um, you know, we problem solve, all those big things, executive functioning, you know, when we go back to work, you know, multitasking becomes difficult. And that is what these patients are experiencing. I do, I do have one patient who is going through that kind of a situation right now. And, you know, sometimes he has problems with finding the words. So all these areas, so, you know, addressing specific areas in, you know, during our treatment sessions can help that. You know, the most important strategy that I usually tell patients you know, have a daily routine, set up a routine for yourself, you know, um, do as much as your body can handle, you know, respect your fatigue level, but definitely do a little bit at a time and get back to things that you enjoy the most. You know, there are women who, you know, go through the breast cancer surgery or, you know, they go through radiation or different, you know, things. There's an energy level. So learning to, you know, having energy conservation, you know, but Find out what time works best for you. You know, are mornings better or you work better in the afternoon? Find that and balance yourself. You know, do things that you can enjoy. Participate in family gatherings, you know. Again, with the COVID situation, we cannot have big meetings or anything. But, you know, just as simple as I tell, uh, I encourage all my patients to sit even for lunch or dinner with the family, instead of sitting in a bedroom or sitting, um, you know, alone and eating food, it's not fun. You know, be part of the family. And, you know, many times I encourage the family members to involve the patient or the person who is going through this in the decision making. You know, many times what happens with these situations, the family just takes over everything and, you know, the person is not involved with any of the decision. So encouraging, um, involving the person to be with their care and just not um, taking away everything from there. And it feels like the patients, you know, they have reported that you know, everything has been snatched away from me. So it's very difficult for this uh, person. It's just not emotionally, physically, they are not able to handle. And then the chemo affects a lot of different areas. So, you know, respecting that and letting the person do a little bit at a time and just, you know, um, not, you know, making, not making them dependent. So that is, you know, in a nutshell. Yes. Nobody wants to feel dependent all the time. Everybody wants that independence. Definitely. Yes. yes they want absolutely. that independence. Yeah. I've done, um, you know, I've done an article 
it has not been published yet, but you know, preventing um, learned dependency. So of course it's related more to the stroke, but it can be to any, any diagnosis. So, yes. Um, how, is it, how is there a situation where we can prevent the chemo brain? Um, could you talk to us more on that? Uh, you know, prevention, I do not have an answer for that because, you know, patients, um, depending what level of chemotherapy they have received, it's difficult. We can decrease the amount of effect it can have by a little bit of pacing or planning. Let's say, you know, if I'm having difficulty remembering things or focusing, you know, I sometimes encourage patients to have a little pocket book and they can take notes. You know, uh, difference you know, in the home situation, things are not challenging. But let's say if the person has to go back to work, they are not able to um, cope up with the multitasking. If the patient, you know, has very high level of function that he needs to, you know, he's managing people. I encourage patients, you know, do not take verbal instructions in passing by. Always no verbal instruction, you know, get them to send you an email. That's kind of a reminder for them. It's like a memory strategy also for them. You know, when the phone is ringing, sometimes patients have difficulty with the word finding. I tell them, you know, let it go to the voicemail. Don't pick up the phone. Uh, wait till you hear exactly what the message is about. Take notes before you respond to them. You know, um, if, you know and sharing some of the um, difficulties they're experiencing with somebody at work, you know, and say, you know, I'm not to the point where I was before all this happened, but help me, uh, I want to go gradually. Building up that energy level, building up that confidence level, because, you know, one error, you know, sometimes people look at you, you know, very closely and they think that you don't have those skills anymore, which is not true. You know, the effects of the chemo can go down and you start feeling better and you can handle more. So, you know, again, energy conservation and understanding what, how it is affecting you. And then holding, you know, those little things in place that will help them. You know, memory is a big one. Attention is a big one. And memory and attention go hand in hand. If you don't, did not pay attention, you're not able to remember better. So. Yes, and that, so was, uh, that was able to answer that question. Yes, yes, definitely, ma'am. And it takes a lot of patience. Yes. A lot of patience. Yes. yes. You know, things don't change, especially with the brain, um, you know, tumors when they're removed. Again, depending on the size and the location, you know, some of the patients do experience changes in their vision. They, they have blurry vision. They get a field cut. That means, you know, loss of uh, vision in one eye. So they have to work double, you know. Um, that means, you know, the eyes have to focus a lot more because the part of the vision is missing in there. And that is due to the brain surgery. So depending on the location, the extent of surgery, you know, strategies can be put in place. But understanding that things have changed, accepting and adapting to it will help them with their recovery process. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Surely looking forward to that in every patient. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, ma'am. So coming to my fifth question, ma'am. Uh, what is acute neuro rehab and care? Please share with us as many examples because this is something that we all want to address. Yes. All right. Um, I think I did address a little bit uh, earlier. <clears throat> 
acute neuro rehabilitation is and um it's an intensive rehabilitation again multidisciplinary and again the patients should be able to handle 3 hours of therapy they should be able to tolerate that kind of therapy again the interdisciplinary team means um a physician a rehab physician they are called pmr physical medicine and rehabilitation physicians we have otpt speech and then we have um you know the speech language pathologists they'll also look at the swallowing um and they also there's a case manager there's a psychologist who is involved to uh, de- uh, to help them emotionally adjust to their condition and then there is a social worker you know to after the patient is being discharged what you know what to expect to help them with that transition and then you know the patients get intense therapy 3 hours a day 5 to 6 days a week that is what it uh, involves the acute neuro rehabilitation and the, again the pa- uh, patients get from cognitive to physical to occupational and all those kind of therapies in a one umbrella it's an inpatient setting uh, that's what they get it yes ma'am yes ma'am hello yes yeah, ma'am for a moment there i think i couldn't hear you ma'am okay. uh, yes ma'am so uh, if you were just adding examples, one more day just adding a little bit to the please, you know, we provide the customized intervention yes um it's a very customer it's a patient centered is a patient is at the focus in the finally the families are helped or families are trained let's say if the family cannot handle then there are paid caregivers who are trained to make that transition from the hospital setting to the home setting um as much as you know to their potential we try to tap into the patient's potential where they can get can they get to walking are they going to be at the wheelchair level can they be you know if the patient is in a wheelchair can the wheelchair so home evaluation is also part of uh, acute rehab you know the therapist do a home assessment they go to the patient's home and then they see what kind of bathroom setup they have what kind of entry they have you know um who is there to help them uh, assist with their care you know if the patient needs a lot of physical assistance then what can we do differently or how can we train these family members to do what they need to and make some sometimes in you know, a small adaptations somebody who cannot stand and take shower they need a chair or a seat you know that can also help with the energy conservation think about it you know uh, some of the patients who are going through chemo they cannot handle uh, standing and taking shower because even that can cause fatigue so we can get them to um, sit and take shower you know if that kind of and if you were to give us examples from your experience ma'am um examples of um neuro rehab or i'm not neuro sure re- yes neuro rehab yes yeah so you know um in the place i work um we have different levels of rehabilitation like we provide acute you know let's say somebody just had a brain surgery or you know brain tumor due to um you know the metastasis or it just it's a benign one meningioma and the patient um they have a surgery but they are not ready for the acute rehab then they get subacute rehab that means you know patients are seen for occupational physical and speech therapy there's a case manager also and uh, they get less intense therapy 
Now, once this person is ready for that kind of intense therapy, we always make a case to um, get them to the next level of intensive rehabilitation. And then they get the intense neuro acute rehab. And uh, let's say if the patient is doing well, in, in 10 days or 12 days, the patient has achieved good functional independence. We take them to the home health. You know, we are, our hospital also provides home health therapy. And then from home health, um, let's say if the patient is walking and is able to travel to the hospital for outpatient, it doesn't have to be a hospital, it can be an outpatient setting. They come for the outpatient, that's where my focus, I see patients at an outpatient level typically. And when the patient is doing well with the outpatient therapy, they're very independent, they're able to find their way. You know, uh, our outpatient setting is at the third floor. So for me, you know, if um, patients, you know, especially the younger ones, they will always want to ask me, oh, I, I want to get back to driving. So my criteria is, are you able to find your way from the parking lot up to the therapy gym? And can you meet me here, you know, independently without us? I mean, you can ask for help if you cannot find it, but being able to independently walk, problem solve, find your way, um, no fall of, I mean, no fear of falling. If they're at a fall risk, we, could, we do not clear them. Even if you're coming at a wheelchair level, can you push yourself to come? And if it's a spinal cord patient, you know, they are going to be using the wheelchair. Can you find yourself way up here? Push yourself to come to the therapy gym. And then um, we help that person to get outpatient at a certain level and then get them back to driving and getting them back in the community. I also help, you know, if there are younger patients, I help them to figure out, are they able to go back to work? And that's, again, a big, huge topic. Um, you know, it's very separate. You know, if you think, talk about it, it's going to be forever. Yes, ma'am. Definitely. I understand. So there are different stages. I hope I was able to explain that. Yes, yes, yes. You, you very well explained it, in fact. Um, coming to the treatment for a person post the post-treatment of uh, whatever treatment they're going through, there is a, if there is a certain cognitive impairment for them, how does rehabilitation in itself help them? I, I want to emphasize, you know, people in, especially in India, they are, you know, they are not rehab oriented. They think it's a waste of time. Well, it's not. First of all, it's very important to get to rehabilitations. What, remember, you know, when somebody has experienced some changes to the brain, even it can be a minor thing, a small thing, they definitely go through changes. You know, you know like we discussed earlier, the energy, you know, they will, um, especially with the younger patients, if they're going back to work, if they start making errors, they will not be able to retain their job. You know, they will lose their job. So rehabilitation, if they're experiencing, if they understand, you know, patients who do better with understanding, I feel that patients who develop good insight or awareness, okay, you know, this is not who I was before. I'm experiencing changes. That is the awareness of your understanding of your own limitations. That understanding will help them to gain better control of their life. You know, getting um, understanding, oh, you know what, I should, um, I should get some help, you know, delegating sometimes. It can be, let's say if the person is not going back to work also. It's a housewife, you know, set up, you know, things may not be, you may not be able to do everything. 
you know, you may be cooking something and you may forget that the stove is on and you may, you know, you may feel tired and you go back and sit down and, you know, some things can be burned. So that's a very classic example of uh, lapses in the patients are experiencing or people are experiencing and helping, um, you know, how to strategize that. Let's say the example is, you know, if the person is cooking or, you know, is sure that, you know, that's not sure whether they'll forget or not, you know, stay there. Don't leave it. If you're feeling tired, have a chair or a stool right where you're cooking. Um, and, you know, sometimes getting help is not bad. You know, we are, you know, we all want to be independent. None of us want to be asking for help. We worry, you know, if when we ask for help, it feels like, you know, we are, you know, looked down, which is not true. You know, even as, you know, um, when things get overwhelming, it's not good experience to feel because the more the overwhelming, there's so much anxiety with your own condition that you're going through. You know, there's so much fear factor. The emotions are going haywire. So understand and ask for help and make sure that, you know, the rehabilitation professional can give you some simple strategies that can help you using a book, a planner, a date reminder, uh, a physical therapy can help you to, you know, build your endurance and you know, activity tolerance. So depends on what you need to do. Let's say you are not, you know, somebody who has gone through breast cancer treatment and then they have a limitation in their range of motion. You know, there are occupational therapists who are specialized with lymphedema, with the brain, uh, breast cancer rehabilitation. They can help you to gain more range in the shoulder. So those things can be helpful at different levels. Yes, ma'am. That, that is, uh, when it comes to breast cancer, with the cam, October being the month of breast cancer awareness, that is definitely something that, we all need to know how occupational therapists and rehabilitation of the right way can help the patient yes. get back on their feet. And definitely, like you said, no one wants to be dependent. Yes. It takes a lot for a person to ask for help. It takes a lot to say, okay, I... Yeah, definitely, definitely. I respect that fact and I feel that, you know, um, it's okay. It's okay feeling that, having that okay feeling Having a, having a friends and family support is critical to their recovery. Yes, ma'am. In after after having being such an experienced person in this department, ma'am, in your experience, um, what would be your takeaway message to all the viewers watching this, ma'am? Help is there. Help is available. Um, get the right professionals to get the right treatment. Um, the right approach and um, do not give up on yourself that is one thing I want to emphasize you know don't think this is going to be forever you know there is a lot of hope there's so much research out there if somebody has men the right people and the right rehabilitation is the key. So don't give up on yourself. Um, don't be sad and just sit behind and let the nature take care of it. No, that, has, that is work, needs to be done for you, yourself, for your family. So please do that.
Yes, ma'am. What a beautiful message out there to everybody watching this. And could you also suggest to us how Zen Onco has been trying to help patients in their betterment? Um, how do you think that Zen Onco is helping us get there? I think, um, you know, um, I know what Dimple went through. I've seen firsthand. And what she's putting out is a great, it's a great step towards helping these people experiencing or going through this trauma. Um, Zenko is already doing such a great work and I'm so happy, you know, that initiative is there to get the help. Now, you know, you have invited me today to speak about, you know, what I can, I mean, what an occupational therapist's role is in this kind of a, um, treatment. You can get other you know, other disciplines that are physical therapists, speech therapists, there are um, physicians, you know, cancer specialists, you know, who are dealing, I mean, who work, you know, again, there are PMR, physical medicine rehabilitation physicians who can also talk about it a little bit. So getting this interdisciplinary team approach, getting a support group, which is already in place is going to be, you know, I think I have no words and how thankful I am to all of you for doing this. And you know, I know I have to give credit to Dimple for starting this. And, and I know Kishan is with her now. Uh, so they both are going to do wonders. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Purnima, ma'am, for being here with us and taking the time out and talking to us so much Pleasure. about... It is, it is a big honor for me. Like I said in the beginning, it is a huge honor. And you are one of a kind because there's so much information that we did not know that we do know now. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. On behalf of zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer, ma'am, I, will, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great Thank you for ahead. inviting me. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. It has been a pleasure, ma'am. It has been a pleasure. Have a great day ahead. Keep on inspiring us all with the beautiful work that you're putting out there, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you.